Shabbos, and the countdown is on. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Hodgolan, the height of taste. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food-related. Um, I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I cook for people for Shabbos, for Yontov, Pesach. My Pesach cooking is almost done. I cook and freeze fresh food for Pesach for several families in my neighborhood and, and for my family too. Uh, not so much for this year, but we'll talk more about that later on in the show. I hope you'll stick with me and tune in and hear about our exciting uh, food news and food adventures and kosher food traveling and great recipes. Uh, feel free to email me at naomi at nachumsegel.com. Join my fan page, the also girl may. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. And uh, you can reach out to me on through my newsletter, uh, which is on my website. You can sign up for it um, on the homepage. Uh, we have a very exciting show. Um, as as uh, I had mentioned the last couple of weeks, I was invited to join the crew um, at uh, Pesach in Lake George. Uh, their website is actually PesachinLakeGeorge.com. I'm going to be doing cooking classes, wine and cheese pairings. So I hope if you do not have Pesach plans 10 days before and you're thinking maybe I don't want to go through all the trouble of making Pesach because it's a big tircha, please uh, join us uh, at Pesach in Lake George and you can get all their information and all the exciting programming you have on their website. Um, today's show is going to be all about Pesach wines uh, we're going to have a, a couple of uh, recipes thrown out there as well. And we've been, uh, the last few weeks, I've been uh, through my uh, website and my Facebook page. I've asked people to email me questions um, about wines. What questions, you know, uh, frequent, we're doing a freak, FAQ today, right, frequently asked questions. I'm um, all about wines for Pesach and just wines in general. If you had a question about a liqueur, um, so people actually, thank you so much, uh, emailed us. Um, and I w- I'm have Jay Booksbaum who is going to answer these questions because he is the marketing director of Royal Wines and he knows his stuff. So I'm going to ask Jay to uh, turn on the mic, turn on the hot seat. Hello, Jay. Welcome back again. Wow, is it good to be here. Back on the Lower East Side. Uh, we had our show a couple of weeks ago in Gomeglat. We <coughs> spoke about, I thought that was, I had so, so much nice response. I had uh, Ariel Blout from Seattle, Washington. He emailed me telling me that how much he enjoyed the show and watching us use the wine glasses, using the correct wine glasses with the right wine. And he took that to his Purim Soda in Seattle and he bought his own glasses because he knew that people were going to pour wine in plastic cups. He actually bought his wine glasses. There you go. And he had, he enjoyed it. I don't know about anybody but else. He, there, he did. He did. And he actually was the winner for, um, the Joy of Kosher subscription, um, when we, we announced it on the show. And I'm going to announce. Did my cousin from Cleveland call? Yeah. Well, you know what? Your cousin from <laughs> Cleveland actually won, um, the taste of kosher. I don't know if I had mentioned it um, a couple of weeks ago, but she had won. Remember we did a raffle last week and yes, all you had to yes, do was yes. email me at naomi.com and Awesome had, had won a, um, a giveaway ago. a couple of weeks ago. Right. Awesome, awesome also did one about two weeks ago and the people were going to win a, um, a, a package of different products made by Awesome. The winner was going to be notified. Uh, via email uh, in a in a in a few more days, so they'll get a, a week before Pesach. We're about ten days before Pesach, so we'll uh, you'll find out. But your cover, your I'm tongue twisted. Your cousin Tova from um, 
Cleveland, Ohio, won the Pesach, a taste of Pesach cookbook. So I don't know if I had mentioned that. So uh, you're getting another shout out. So um, she should have gotten that book by now. So that was really nice. I thought, I'm not sure if you heard that very exciting news about from from the show. Um, it's always nice when a family member wins something. Tova, you're the best. It was a fix. <laughs> I no, put you in for it. Uh, you know, Tova emails me every time we have a giveaway. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's very nice. Thank you. She deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> I have not met her, but I'm looking forward to maybe one of these days because I really appreciate her listening. Um, so Jay, Jay and I decided a couple of weeks ago that it, this would be a cute topic to do a show on. Um, Absolutely. So, um, okay. Our first question from our listener. Okay? okay. And then my husband actually had some questions for you. I'd love to hear his questions. Okay. So my, my first question from my favorite listener okay. um, is... Let's talk about the percentage of alcohol in wines because, you know, my husband, I said to, you know, I told him what was going on and he goes, please ask Jay this. You know, if Crema Lager says 3% or 4% right. and a different brand also says 3 or 4%, is that all, is that all the same? Like everyone, every, it's, it's standard, right? Three, different companies make the same 3 or 4% wines, right? If... A wine says three or four percent. It's three or four percent, no matter oh, who okay. produces it. Okay, that's really that right. Okay, right. probably didn't phrase that too well. But every single wine bottle has the percentage alcohol on it. So, and the best wine for someone who cannot take a lot of alcohol would be Concord Cal, Cream Malaga, which is three and a half percent. I just had this discussion yesterday with someone, um, and it's it's yeah. I mean, it's like a, a little bit of. It's grape juice with a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, my husband loves cream malaga. But it's standard across the board. America has made a standard, right? Or well, the world has got a standard of percentages, right? Well. It's a mathematical formula probably, right? Yeah, it's. it's Scientific formula. They actually test the wine before they put it into the bottle and they see what the percentage of alcohol is. How do they test it? I think it's called a hydrometer, but I'm not sure. It's uh, something that you stick into the, into the uh, a test tube. And it shows you how much alcohol there is, percentage-wise. Oh, that's very cool, like te- checking your temperature. When exactly. You okay, cool. Okay, so our next question is from Honey. Okay. I want to use only non-Mavushal wine. Ooh. What do you suggest? Honey, that is a great question. That's very fancy of you, <laughs> right? Isn't non-Mavushal wines considered a little fancier? Yeah, um, well... One of the reasons, and and by the way, I always do this disclaimer before. I always uh, make the statement disclaimer before, and that is is that whatever I say, and it, it if it affects halachic perspectives, always, always ask your rabbi first. I'm just giving you what I understand to be correct and what I understand to be true, but always check with your rabbi first. So there are some people that say that for the seder, especially for the first glass, it's very important to have the exact same kind of wine. Meaning not variety, not type, but the, the same type of wine, meaning, uh, the same wine that they used in the base of Mikdash, which means that the wine that they used in the base of Mikdash was not Mavushal. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's so, why she was asking. So it. some people insist, and also some people think it's a hidur to have a non-Mavushal wine for the Seder. So if that's what you're interested in, um, the, the, the suggestion on that point of view is that it should be a wide variety of things because some people still want light alcohol wine. Right. They just want it to be non-mavushal. And some people, you were alluding to this, want it because they think it's a higher quality wine if it's not mavushal. Most people who ask that question really are doing it because they want something that's 
They want something that's not mavushal for the Seder purposes, you know, for the purpose of being hidor, you know, more careful about, you know. Now, I'm not sure that that's necessary, though, and I want to be clear about that. I will tell you that, just to clarify, they are making mavushal wines today that are just as good as good if not in some cases better than the non-Mavushal counterparts. Can you give us an example? So I'll give you Shiloh as an example. Okay. Herzog Reserve, Alexander Valley, oh, or, or Limited is an mm-hmm. example. Um, but if you want something that's not Mavushal, in lighter wines, all Kedem wines that come in the 1.5 liter bottle, that's the long neck bottle. Like a keg, right? Yeah. I call them like kegs or... Because they're so gigantic. Yeah, they they got this long neck. Yeah, yeah. They're fifty point seven ounces. Those all those wines under the Kedem label are not Mavushal or not Mavushal ah. in in yeshiva parlance. <laughs> and and so you could get the light wine if it's because you want it not Mavushal for halachic what you perceive or what your rough says is halachic purposes. You can get even lighter wines and sweeter wines, Kedem, Concord, and Kal, and, and Malaga. Cream Malaga, and so on and so forth, and Matuk Rouge, soft, and so on and so forth. You can get them in, in non-Mavushal. If you're looking for something that is non-Mavushal uh, because you want better wines, a lot of Israeli wines are not Mavushal, and you just really have to look on the back of the label. Um to see what which wines are not mavushal, uh, with the exception, for example, anything under the Carmel label, with the exception of some selected wines, the selected brand under Carmel are not mavushal. Um, all the wines from Castel are not mavushal. All the wines from Bezelet Hagolan are not mavushal. Right, we had the Bezelet Hagolan on the show before. Right. I know so he was we, here himself. Right, um, Yoav and his son came. Very very high quality product and also not mavushal. Right, so. You know, there are a lot of different wines, but there there are some suggestions right there. Okay. So uh, definitely try the Bezer Hagolan one. I really like that, like that one, and I was not – I was surprised. Right, because you're, you like your wines a little sweeter, but you said, wow, this is so rich with flavor and – It was like popping at you. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, so let's move on to our next question. This is a question – we had a few questions like this. Uh, this is um, – I chose Howard's. Um, can I use white wine at the Seder? <laughs> again, again, if you remember, and I'll repeat it for those people who are just tuning in now, um, ask your local rabbi. Okay. But as I understand it, uh, the most important thing about the wine that you use is not so much whether the color is, although many people say that it's preferred to have red wine, it's mo- most important to drink the wine that you like best. And for those people whose rubs say that you really should be only red, what I suggest is just take a few drops of red and, and pour it into your white wine. The answer is I do drink white wine at the Seder. I've been told that it's okay. Uh, it depends on the year, you know, and it depends on what I'm liking at that moment. Right. And it depends what I've got in my cellar that's ready to drink. Right. But I do drink white wine. Uh, sometimes I do put in a couple of drops of red, sometimes I don't. Uh, but if, yes, you can drink white wine at the Seder, as far as I understand it, but again, ask your local rabbi. And some of the great white wines, for those people who like something sweet or off-dry, you have everything from Nachum Siegel's favorite orange, orange Muscat. Muscat. Yeah, shout out to you, Nachum. You, yeah, and you have a wonderful Jeunesse Duet, oh, which is a blend. I a great, spoke about that in the Gomeglacho. I love that one. And then one. you have Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc, which is this year just off dry and I'm moving towards the dry, right. you know, the dryer. And then you have Baron Herzog Chardonnay and, um, uh, let's see. 
You have Russian River Chardonnay. You have Shiloh Chardonnay, which was just considered, got the award for best value in Israel Chardonnay in mm. Israel. Awesome. So there's, there's, and Castel C is great wine too, so. It's so exciting. I haven't, you know, my listeners and you know, I happen to like white wine. I was thinking about starting off with a white wine and going into a, a, a rosé and then into something, you know, like doing it by color. That's a great idea because, you know, as you do with meals, we've talked about this many times. Meals start out light and they go heavier until you get to dessert, which is the heaviest, richest and fills up your mouth most. I don't think that's a bad idea to right? do it that How way. How fun is that? I actually, I don't do that. I actually, I may, I just, we may get this question. I, I, I just may, you know, thought of that now, but I, you know, I, I usually cool. start my Seder with a non-mavushal Israeli red. Okay. Give me an example. Oh, gosh. Actually, I'm just flipping through some of my papers because I do remember that being a question from Yehuda. What does Jay drink? <laughs> <laughs> what does Jay drink? So, you know, I, I think that's an unfair question. It, it's a fair question. I shouldn't say <laughs> that. But it's an unfair question to go by what Jay drinks because people should drink what they like most. And so everybody makes fun of me in the office because they know that I love white wines. And so I'm always drinking white wines. And they're going, what are you, nuts? There's some no much better, greater red wine. So drink what you like best. But I, what I usually do is I go down to my cellar. And, you know, there's a torn label or something that, you know, couldn't be used and couldn't be resold. So I'll have uh, an O2 Alexander Valley Cabernet or I'll have, uh, you know, one of the original samples that uh, Ellie Benzakain sent me from oh, Castell. We met him. From O2 or right. from O4. I'll even try some of the old Rothschild wines from France, which are great. How many, this is my question to you. How many wines do you have in your cellar? I can't tell you. You want to come and see, you bring your husband. <laughs> you could take whatever you want and we'll share the bottle. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. All right. Um, Not as much as you might think. <laughs> I would love a nice big wine cellar. When we were looking for a house, uh, yeah. to, when we were looking to move from the Lorry side <clears> to Woodmere, I found this house that had a cellar. Um, like a mini cellar, my husband's like, we're not buying the house based on the cellar. <laughs> I'm like, really? Why? But, you know, we did not buy that house. Okay, so here is my next question. Um, okay, if someone cannot drink alcohol, right? is there such a thing? And this is a, something I always want to know as well. Um, what can I use? Besides grape juice, is there a non-alcoholic wine? That's a really good like question. Like there's Marathi wines, you know, okay, from Marathi in Israel. So to, uh, you know, you, you combine two questions right, here, right. which is great because I love it's Marad. very important That's why to tell everybody popped. this. Very, very, very important. You will find Marad wines in your kosher wine section when you go shopping today, tomorrow, you know, right before Pesach, if you already have uh, in the next 10 days, whatever. And I want to tell everybody here now it is not usable for arbocosos. The Marad wines are made from fruit. So, right, it's a shahakol. It's a shahakol. They are not suitable for the arbocosos. They are only suitable for drinking after or before or during the meal, but not. They're not boripiagofen, so therefore be very careful. Do not use them. Isn't it funny it's on the same level as Coke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coke, Coke's very hush in Australia back, way and, back when I grew so up. So that, that's like the second part of the question which really is a different question because it's also high in alcohol i mean it's got alcohol oh and you yeah really wanted to know which wines can be or what's a good substitute for somebody who can't drink alcohol or won't drink alcohol it's so interesting i, I someone asked me um you know they have little kids 
and they don't want to give them alcohol, but they want them to feel a part of it. But every year, every week, they get grape juice, regular grape juice. So how can they make them feel a part of it and still give them something that's not alcoholic? But there is no non-alcoholic kosher wine that I am aware of. But what we do have is a whole series of sparkling grape juices. Oh, right, of course. And those sparkling grape juices, some of which are made in wine varieties, Merlot, Chardonnay, etc., really? if you can still find them. But even if they're not, they're made, uh, they're made sparkling grape juices. You have a, a white sparkling grape juice and a red sparkling grape juice that is really festive and fun and is great for anybody who can't or won't or doesn't want to drink uh, alcoholic but really wants to feel part of the simcha of the Seder and the royalty of the Seder. It's like drinking a champagne without the alcohol. Yeah, I like or that. Or sparkling wine without the alcohol. Yeah, no, that's good. I have a six-year-old who thinks she's 16. Of course. Um, you know, she's you know the youngest by a bunch of years, and everyone else is a teenager. So she's a real foodie. Today for lunch, she wanted a goat cheese salad. Okay, mm. how many six-year-olds, she's in pre-1A, have goat cheese salad uh, for For those for people lunch? who understand Yiddish out there, nor does Feltman. Oh, and what does that mean? That means... Uh, this is this is all that we're missing, you know. Uh, no, goat right. cheese sandwiches. When this is what the Jewish community needs. Yeah, know? yeah. Six-year-olds that want goat cheese yeah, sandwiches. Because she's you know? growing up in a family of foodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, all foodies. I'm not making a judgment. It's just yeah, interesting no. how we've it's, evolved. Right. So she wants to, you know, maybe I it's a good on, idea for sparkling yeah, white. I remember on Pesach, if I had what they call Himbersaft, which is uh, um, raspberry syrup and uh, Saratoga mm. Vichy water, Malinous. you know, seltzer. You know, we it was like a big, exciting thing. Right. Well, in Australia. And the first time at the OU, I don't know if you had him last week. You had him yeah, last week. Yeah, I last think. week he was on Rabbi Elephant. He was amazing. I, I remember the first time the OU came out with uh, OU chocolates back in the 70s. And I'm like, wow, Daddy, can we bring this into the house? And, yeah, he said, okay, only on the last day, though. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. That's <laughs> but so today fun. we have everything. We have rolls. What was his name? He was telling us while we were there, um, we have rolls for Pesach, right? Yeah, yeah. hot dog rolls, and they're yeah. not going to be bringing it in? Yeah, Gourmet Glut does not want to have. It's just, like, too much. Yeah, you know? yeah. Our cousin is. They're completely kosher for Pesach. Nothing against you guys that are making them, but, you know, it's just like, They just hey, didn't want to have it in the store. It might I be confusing you. for someone who's <laughs> not sure you. or a chinuch for a child. Right, but, right. you know, it's it's all about, like, we're all about symbolism in Judaism, and we're, we're especially Pesach. We're all about the symbols, right. and and you know we can give up bread for a week. Yeah. You know, we, when I was really. talking to Rabbi Elephant, he was saying sushi um, is so popular now, and and how are people going to survive eight days? If people heard last week's show, how would people survive eight days without sushi? So they came up instead of rice, quinoa. Yeah, I heard about crazy. This. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anything you can get anything now for Pesach. Yeah. Go to a program. You're going to go to a program. I'm going to go year, right? to Pesach in Lake George. I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to a program too at my home. Six, <laughs> six Princeton Road. Anybody who wants to come and enjoy a glass of wine with me as well. Part, come and partake in Jay's Seder. Brenda's going to kill me, but okay. Okay. You know, you, she's 10 days still. I have to say that my Pesach business, Baruch Hashem, is like, you know, in full swing and I'm actually just winding down from cooking all the orders. I have many, many freezers. I rent freezers actually wow. from AHC Appliances out in Cedarhurst. They bring a two, two gigantic them. Them. freezers. I don't know the cubic size. I'm sorry, Sandy. You think I should know that all, after all You put all them in your driveway or? I put them in my garage because my car's usually in my garage, but okay. between Purim and Pesach, they're not in my garage. I fill it with fruits and vegetables and supplies and freezers. Right. Wow. So yeah, like it's, it's for me, like, people say, are you tired? Are you sick of cooking? I love cooking for Pesach. There is something about cooking for Pesach that I think as a young 
you know, married couple. By the I way, did thank you for those chalas, those <laughs> hamantash chalas or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah I, I, I gave Jay some hamant. I know you can't have shalachmanas, so right. I said chalas for you. For, and, and for my wife. And yeah. for your wife. I, I wasn't going to send you wine. Yeah. <laughs> I gave people some wine as well, but I'm not yeah. going to send Jay books about wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so um, you know, it's just, it's just something about cooking for Pesach and just the enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. People get bogged down by, like, they feel like they're slaves in the kitchen, but really, like, Enjoy it. You know, there's great recipes, great cookbooks. And think also what foods and wines will go together. There you go. If you're making a duck, what wine would you serve? Well, I'm asking you. No, what what would you? you no, I'm making a duck oh, la yeah, orange. Okay. Duck la orange. Would we drink orange muscat so with duck la orange? Fi- very good question. Will the final uh, duck dish be sweet? Yes. It will be sweet. Then, yeah, I would. You could have the the uh, orange muscat. It'd be a perfect pairing. In fact, you should be sure to cook with it as well. You know, to give it some flavor. Mm. You know, that would be you know that's incorporated actually, into your. Uh, you know, that's actually one of my questions. Go what ahead. wines? What cooking wine do I cook with? I, I just, I just, I, I see this question right here from Batya, and Batya, I do not use cooking wine. I know Keta makes cooking wine. Okay. Um, for me, that is like a sacrilegious. <laughs> Okay. Is that the right word to use? I don't know if I'm allowed to use that. Um, but I will open a bottle of wine, use it in my recipe, put it in the fridge for Shabbos if it's a white wine so it's already chilling, or my red wine I'll just put back in my – I try to keep the temperatures the same, so I'll put the, maybe the red wine back in the wine – I don't want to call it a bar, but like a wine closet that we have, mm-hmm. um, and then I'll finish it the rest on Shabbos with a meal. I only cook with Wine. I know it's more expensive, but there are great price. And we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. We'll talk about great uh, budgets about wines. But I only cook with wine. I cannot use a par substitute. When I see cooking wine in people's closets, I have a little heart attack. They're these great sellers of alcohol, and then then they have cooking wine in the kitchen closet. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to get into trouble with my food division, but in spite of the fact that we do make cooking wine, we make cooking wine for those people who insist on it. But the truth is, Naomi is right. You are right. You really should be cooking with the wine that you're going to use at the meal. So that's why when you do this duck l'orange, cook with the duck, with the orange muscat, late harvest orange muscat from Herzog, and drink it with the meal, with the duck. So yeah, you should be cooking with the wine that you drink at the meal. Okay. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Hodgalan, the height of taste. I'm sitting here with Jay Booksbaum at, and engineer Jason Hagler. We are discussing, we are answering questions that people emailed into us and discussing about wine and discussing just great wines to have for Pesach, the Seders. We've had questions. Uh, a lot of people emailed in great questions. You know, um, one question was about white wine, and I just want to add to that, which I forgot to mention Go before. Ahead. We can. This is another. Sure. We were talking about. We've spoken about this before, but wine at the right temperature. Okay. When I when I was just talking about the duck orange, and I'm using say orange muscat in the recipe, I'll put the rest back in the fridge. Right. Because white wine cold. Right. You know. Um, Nachum actually asked me, Nachum Siegel um, asked me. It's interesting. The, the sweeter the wine, the slightly colder it should be because you want to mute those, you know, it's so rich and so flavorful and so sweet, especially the orange muscat, that you want to mute that flavor. You want to tamp it down a little. And, you know, as a chef, the more you chill something, or I should say the reverse is true, the more you heat it, the more the, the flavors and aromas come out. 
So you want to tamp it down because it does have already such tremendous flavors and aromas. Na- so Nachum asked me, how, when, when do I put my orange muscat in the fridge? Because he said he would put it in before he went to shul. I said I put mine in the night before. Absolutely. Put it in the night before. And, uh, and that's how you should The Jouet also. I had this, uh, we went to buy some wines for Purim and I saw, um, the Jeunesse. I'm saying it right now, right? Jeunesse. Yes. Yeah. I used Jeunesse. to say it wrong and you corrected me. Um, so I, I, I saw this Jeunesse some Jouet. People, you know, some people call it the Junus. Junus. Jewess. Like J-E-W news. N-E-S. It's so Junus, you know. Junus. Yeah. Um, so I saw it there. I think it must be relatively new because I'd never noticed it before. And I said, you know, I, b- I bought my cream lager and I bought a case of cream lager and a case of um, uh, Teal Lake Moscato de Aussie because yeah. I'm an Aussie. You get better. it? You know, I got to do that. I thought it'd be cute for the Shalchmanis. Right. Um, but I saw two bottles of Juen and I said, I must try that. I had a bottle cold I, and I put one in the fridge that night. It was like literally a Tuesday night and I opened it up at dinner because I made a delicious fish recipe and I really right. wanted to have it um, with a fish. So I put it in the fridge. It was cold for about two, three hours. But the next night, I wanted to try a little bit more. It was even colder. It was so much better. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the wine at the right temperature is so important. Makes a big difference. Right temperature and right glasses, remember? Right. Right temperature and right glasses. Yeah. It really, it really it comes make true. A difference. You know, even, even cheeses or wines or chocolates, you know, you don't want to have chocolate, you know, warm chocolate, you know, as, as a chocolate piece. You know, you want to have just room temperature chocolate. You don't want to right. have it melting all over your fingers. I don't love freezing cold chocolate either. Um, okay, so let's talk more about um, switching gears a little bit from wines at the Seder to wines at the table. Okay. What can we talk about, like, table wines? We've gotten through two nights of Seder. We've had some beautiful wines. We've had some heavy wines. We've had Mavusha wines. We've had white wines. We've gotten past two days. We have six more days left of Pesach, and we still want to enjoy some beautiful food with beautiful wines. Wines would you recommend? Oh gosh. <laughs> again. <laughs> I know a loaded big question yeah, that's there. A, that's a loaded big question. But again, the key, um, just like you don't want to oversalt your soup, you know, you want the salt to be in harmony with the other spices that you have in your soup. You want the, you want the wine to be commensurate with the food that you're serving. So for example, for duck l'orange, you'd have, you know, if it's really a sweet duck l'orange, you, you could have the late harvest um, orange muscat. But for example, if you're going to have a heavy fat brisket, uh, brisket, okay, a heavy fat brisket, I would say there's a brand new wine uh, coming from the Herzog Vineyards called Basin, B-A-S-I-N. Mm-hmm. It's a single vineyard wine, big, rich, flavorful. Another nice, big, rich flavor. That's expensive though. It, well, not expensive. It's okay. great for its price. We'll, we'll talk about, about budgets on the next but, round. Uh, another great wine that's quite delicious and kind of thick and rich too, and about twenty to twenty-five dollars is the Weinstock Cellar Select Cabernet. Cellar Select Cabernet, Napa County Cabernet. Another great wine from Israel is a really great Tsuba wine, uh, Mitsuda, Tsuba Mitsuda. Another great wine is, um, we've talked about Castell and we've talked about Bezalad Hagolan a lot. Uh, some really great wines that are coming that are medium priced between 15 and $25 from Israel are the Tavor wines, T-A-B-O-R. So those are some of the great wines. And if you really want to go less expensive but also have a, a great bottle of wine, there's brand new, just came out, from Carmel, back in stock for the first time in several years, Yay. is the selected wines. There's a Cabernet, a Sauvignon Blanc, and an Emerald Riesling Chenin blend. The Cabernet is a very nice, round, 
accessible red that's about 12 bucks. The Sauvignon Blanc is also about the same price. And the Emerald Chenin, which is like um, an off-dry wine, is also about the same price, but really quite delicious. Okay, because I think I think we eat a lot of meat on on um, you know during Pesach. Meat and potatoes, right? Meat and potatoes, not in my house. There you go. <laughs> I try to keep it really light. A lot of fresh vegetables. You know, there's no reason why you can't. You know, you can cook on Yontif to roast some vegetables. Some- I know this is going to sound crazy to you. Know, you know what my two favorite dishes are? Okay, let's hear it. Matzah butter and salt. Matzah butter with some salt. Right. Okay. Delicious. Okay. Served it as a little kid. <laughs> and the other is matzah brai. Matzah brai. So you eat gabras. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Okay, so matzah brai. Matzah do brai. Have, do, you, do you make it? Does your wife yes, make it? Yes, I make it. You make she it? She makes it. Yeah, I love making it. So, you know, it really depends. This There's a wide variety and range of how you can make matzah brai. You can make it without water. Wait, so let's make this our What's for Dinner segment. Okay. Sponsored by our friends at Gourmet Club, which carries a huge selection of matzahs, we we do this segment every show. Gourmet Glad is a sponsor um, for the What's for Dinner segment because they they uh, want to be a part of the Nachum Siegel Network team, and we had a couple of shows there, and they really have every sing- They've been Pesach ready since the day after Purim. It wow. was crazy. It was good for me because I was there at like literally seven o'clock in the morning because I wanted to start my cooking already, and everything was there for me. Wow. Yeah. Great. Just, yeah, and if they didn't have it. On the shelf, they went downstairs to the sellers to get it for me. Yeah, so they said I was one people. of a few really people. Yeah. People. So, so with that, Jay is going to do our segment on matzah brai. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll jazz it up a little together. Okay. Okay. Um, the way I make matzah brai is first I take very hot water, and I break up uh, three matzahs. Uh, it depends on how many you want, but you know you break up a bunch of matzah, let it soak in this hot water, then gently press it out. After it's already soaked and soft, then gently press it out, get rid of, you know, 60% of the water, maybe 70% of the water, and then, and, and this depends on, on your, uh, interests in egg, and then I use, I like to use a lot of eggs. I use, it's very heavily egged, uh, it's one egg for every matzah and a half. Okay. Does that sound right to you? Could be. Yeah. One egg for every matzah and a half, and, um, uh, and then I, I could, we use everything. I mean, I use pepper and salt and, uh, I'll use some, uh, a little bit of, um, what's that sweet stuff? That sweet powder, uh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh. Come on. Um. You'll think of it. I'll think of it. And it's just great. I mean, and I love it with ketchup. I love it especially. With ketchup? Really? Yeah, I love it with ketchup. And I like also. Hash browns. Yeah. And I also love it. In a sandwich, a matzah sandwich. What? You make a matzah brai in a matzah sandwich? That's right. <laughs> With matzah butter and salt matzah. on that matzah. Oh, my God. That's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I would do? Like, I would add into the matzah brai things like lox and dill. Yeah, you know, I'm breaking, I'm breaking out you, of the mold. I hear you breaking so out of the mold. But more, more like, you know, concoctions of, you know, you're going to get creative on I have to tell you, but most importantly, pair it with a nice bottle of Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc. I was waiting for it. I was Baron waiting Herzog, to see Chenin Blanc. where you were going with that. It's wonderful, wonderful. Even for, br- even for breakfast. Even for breakfast. Mimosas, right? Wake up late, you know, get up early, Davin, and then go back to sleep and then wake up late and about, you know, make brunch at 11 o'clock because you're not, you're taking off from work on Chalamide, right? And make yourself a matzo and have a glass of Baron Herzog Chenin Blanc. 
Oh, that sounds really good. Delicious. I am so hungry. I know I say that every week, and I know that I know that I say that every week, but really, you know, that you sounds gotcha. really. And I'm not the biggest of the matzo brai people, but this sounds like very interesting. All right, matzo brai sandwich. I like yeah, that. Matzo brai sandwich. Okay, you heard it here first on table for two. Okay, some. Let's do some more questions. All right, we have a question. Okay, I'm just looking for our next question. I'm sorry, I have lost my place here. Okay, liqueurs. Oh, gosh. Okay. Let's yeah. talk about liqueurs. Go ahead. What would you like to know? What is the most popular liqueur that you sell? It's interesting. Um, probably vodka. Vodka on Pesach? I know. And a lot of people think it's Slivovitz, and a lot of people think it's brandy, and a lot of people think it's liqueurs, but it happens to be vodka. And uh, that's because most of the – that's because a lot of it is sold – to Pesach programs where they have bars. And here's a very interesting, a very important and interesting heads up that you got to tell everybody. Okay. Telling everybody out there. Uh, someone called me and asked me, you know, Jay, I saw this potato vodka. Yes. And it says, what, you're excited. Did, did you? Yeah, because somebody had written that in as one what, of our what questions. Did they, what did they ask? I saw a vodka. That says made from potatoes. Does that need to have a Pesach Hashkocha? That's wow, so funny. that's unbelievable. That was one of our questions. Amazing. 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 That's really, that's really cute. That was actually by, here, um, Josh. Oh, Josh. Josh okay. K. Josh K. Okay. Okay. Well, Thank Josh you, Josh K. K. Yes, you must have a Hashkocha. Just because it's made from potato vodka doesn't mean that it wasn't made in a plant that made vodka before that or that with uh, grain. Okay, yeah, I don't know how vodka's made, so can you just make, let's step back? Yes. Because I'm, I'm not what really they, sure. What they do is they, they take either any kind of, um, any kind of carbohydrate based vegetable or growth, like, like, um, like wheat. Okay. They make what they call a mash, which means that they put the wheat together with water and they put a yeast in and it ferments. It's kind of like a. It's like a starter for like bread, wheat, also. Yeah, like a wheat wine. Okay. Uh-huh. No, because because when it when the carbohydrates, which is sugar, eats this. I'm sorry, it's eaten by this yeast. It turns into CO2 and also well, that, alcohol. That's how you make a sourdough bread right. by a starter with the same way: yeast right. and water and flour, and you let it sit, and then you take a little bit of that, and it, right. it's fermented. But this is and more of a mash. This is more of they actually remove. There's no flour, and this is the actual wheat. They actually remove the wheat. And they leave the mash with that liquid, which is actually alcoholic. Uh huh. And then they take this mash, this liquid, which is filled with alcohol and yeast or whatever, and they put it through a distiller. And a distiller, what that is, is, is that it actually boils this mash, and there's a tube that separates the steam, which the steam is, since it's lighter than water, is the alcohol, and the water. And the water is allowed to be, to run off. The steam is reconstituted and turns, and that's where you get your alcohol from. That's how they made it in Prohibition, probably, right? No, they, they make it today. Distilleries, distilleries in the bathroom. They did it in the bathroom, <laughs> but now they do it, you know, in these big distillers, uh, in big places. And, you know, if that, if that still used grain-based, yeasted mash before it did it on the potatoes, it would be, anything that comes out of there would be chametz. So that's why, 
if if it is man of potatoes, it is possible that it is kosher for Pesach, but it must have ashkacha to make sure that from the beginning until it was bottled, it only saw potatoes. It was only distilled potatoes. That's what, you bottled. know, last week when we had Rabbi Elephant on who were talking about, you can't just use any quinoa for Pesach. It has to have the OUP. Right. Same with this. It needs the... P, the certification, I don't know. You, okay, Chavke, I'm whatever. not sure how many yeah. people, how many different Hechsherim there so are the, so, for so, alcohol. But getting but back to the original question, so that's the best-selling liquor. But it's those those liquors are used in the bars in most of the uh, Pesach programs, and they mix them with fruit drinks and, and all kinds of other things. Probably the biggest the biggest two um, the biggest two liqueurs that are, are sold for Pesach are brandy, which includes also cognac. And Slivovitz. And Slivovitz. And then for the Sephardim amongst us, it's all that Iraq. 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 No, not, I cannot drink Iraq. I do not like it. It's really, actually, it's so interesting. Um, um, the Iraq is made from anise, which is the yes, same thing that makes that licorice. Whole, so the whole licorice thing left. <laughs> I, I, I don't like, I didn't like it either, but I'm, I'm training myself. Okay, so I've learned to drink red wine. I've like, I've, you've, you and Shlomo have done a show with me and we, I've even tried a little whiskey, which I, you know, did not love, but I learned to appreciate. But Iraq, man, <laughs> it's too much licorice and that. And these, I don't cook with anise at all. I'll skip that out. And, and one of the, the, the really biggest favorite amongst consumers, you know, even though it may not be in terms of, it's, it's drunk most is, is a chocolate liqueur. Okay, thank you for moving into the ladies' liqueur department. <laughs> we call them ladies' liqueurs in the house, the girly drinks. My dad calls them the girly drinks. My dad likes the harder whiskey. I hear you. And, and, you know, me and my husband, we like, he's not, he doesn't like whiskey either, so it's good. And we, we, we like the ladies' drinks. So chocolate liqueur, so what else Benjamin is that? Benjamina has a chocolate liqueur. It also has an amaretto. It also has a banana. It also has a limoncello and a sour apple. Now, if I was going to say sour apple. Oh, it's Woo-hoo! really delicious. If you take some of that sour apple and combine it with your 209 vodka, 209 is a, make sure you look for the hashkacha, but okay. late, make sure you look for the 209 vodka that is certified kosher for Pesach. And mix them together, shake it up really hard, shake and not stir. Shake and not stir. Like okay. 007 always used to say. Yeah, Jake, yeah. And um, it's wonder, It's a wonderful cocktail. So say that again, just let's repeat that. Uh, one part but, uh, one part, I'm writing it down. One part, one part sour apple liqueur from Benjamina. Sour apple, yeah. Uh, two parts 209 vodka or gin. Gin. That is certified kosher for Pesach. Okay. 209 also comes non-certified kosher okay. for Pesach. And put them in a shaker with ice. Oh, with ice and with shake ice. it up, baby. Shake it up, baby, really, really hard because it really does make a difference in the texture in the mouth, how it feels when it's shaken rather than stirred. And really? then, and then drain off the ice, drain off the ice and serve it what we call, uh, not straight, neat. Neat. Well, okay, what does that mean Neat again? Neat means no ice inside. Neat means no ice. Okay, right. I, I've, I've heard it on TV and on movies, um, but now I know exactly what it means. Yeah, you don't don't drink too much, so neat like to them is clean up your room. That's yeah, what I'm thinking means. neat, clean up the kitchen, no dishes in the sink. Okay, right. yeah, it never happens in my house. <laughs> but if you're going to drink now, basically it's a good time to do it, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's a good time to do it, you know, you're relaxing a little bit more. Now, let can we... I, Question here about Kedem grape juices. Sure. Which Kedem grape juices are mavushal? Very good question. I thought that All, was like really bizarre. Like, uh, you what know, does that mean? That, okay, because a lot of people, and this is important to, to hear, a lot of people have, Baruch Hashem, we're very open, and in general this is true about Jews, especially about the Orthodox community. Um, 
they're very open to and welcoming to those people who are not yet from. We're not going to call them not from, just not yet from. Okay. And sometimes with them or alongside them might be a non-Jewish person. Right. So you have to be very careful about what kind of grape juices and wines you put on the table. All Kerem grape juices, according to the OU, are all Mavushal. All of them. They're all Mavushal except one. Oh, really? Except one size. And that is, again, the 1.5 liter with the long neck. Okay. okay. Has, you, you're right. Yeah, it has yeah, like yeah. a little keg. I'm trying to squat, like picture it in my Squat head. keg with a little neck yeah. on the top. That 1.5, 50.7 ounce grape juice in all varieties is not Mavushal. Is not Mavushal. So that gets a little bit complicated if one has a housekeeper in the house, correct? Yes, it does. You have to like hide it or cover it or something. Well, what, what I, it's so funny that you say that because what I, I used to have the housekeeper come in once a week, you know, and we'd have these, all these great wines that are not Mavushal and I didn't know what to do because sometimes we'd just forget, leave them on the counter and then we'd have to throw them away or give them to the housekeeper. Okay. Instead, what I started doing, and again, consult your local rabbi. Absolutely. What I started doing is taking a masking tape over Put it over the top of the bottle with either the cork or the cap, in the case of grape juice, that is not Mavushal. And then I put a line through it okay. from the glass so that, you know, if it was moved, it was tampered with, it was tampered with you'd know. And now, they never tampered with it anyway, but at least this is a halachic, at least my rough said that that works. That okay. works fine for me, but ask your local rabbi. Absolutely. Absolutely. This way you don't have to throw away the wine. <laughs> That's or right. the grape juice. Or the grape juice. And I really had no idea that grape juice could even be uh, Mavushal. Can we sure. can we just talk about Australian wines for a minute? Oh, let's do it. Okay, because I, you had a great selection there at the Kosher Food and Wine Show all those weeks ago. Um, you probably long forgotten about it because not it was, at all. It's okay, great. it's still coming. Oh just my gosh, like we was, still keep getting great reviews. It's just yeah, it was wonderful. amazing. It was it was a lot of fun, man. That boat. <laughs> okay, great. Um, yeah, that boat was um. A nice addition, but drinking and then going onto a boat, you were dizzy, dizzy before, dizzy after. Dizzy. Rocking whether you're on the boat or not. Huh? It was true. It was a, it was a really a rocking night. Um, but um, let's talk about the Australian wines. Sure. Goose Bay, Teal Lake. These well, are big well Goose Bay actually is from New, New Zealand. Zealand. I'm sorry. Well, it's I know. across the, it's across it's the smaller pond. Across the smaller, the other pond. The other pond. The other pond. I'm and not, that's okay. It's in your neck of the woods. It's in my neck of the woods. I'm, I'm, my neck of the woods now is Long Island. <laughs> but um, stepping, I don't know if you have stepping stones. No. Wine. Okay. It's another great Australian wine. Um, I'll have to get you some. Okay. Um, but, you know, Australian wine. Oh, there's Harkham too. Harkham wines from my rabbi. Yeah, he's rabbi a great Goodnick, guy too. Rabbi wonderful Dobby wines. Goodnick. Um, he was on the show in January when we had an Australia Day show and he gave it, it's under his hashkacha and he gave it a big shout out. I'm actually going to be doing a show from Australia in July. Are you, see, now you're always telling me to take you along. I want to, you wanted you to take me along. Come, come with us. Okay, who's and, paying? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Not Nakam, probably. P- p- points <laughs> for me. Well, I'm, I've got, I'm going for my family, Simcha. Oh, okay, great. So I said, I'm going. Mazel Let's do a show. Yeah, it's very exciting for us. Big shout out to the Hassan and Carla, um, in Australia. So, great. um, uh, Cassie so and So Teal Ray, Lake makes yeah. great wines from Australia. Yeah. What I love about it, um, Australia's known for their, uh, for their Shiraz mostly, mm-hmm. and they make what we call, and this is actually a compliment, they make the absolute typical Shiraz. And it's not meant to be a, a downer, actually it's meant to be in wine speak, when we say it's, it exhibits its perfect typicity. What that does that mean? It's typicity. a big word for me. It means, it means it tastes and is made exactly the way it's supposed to be. Is that a, is that a wine term of art? Yes. Uh, typicity? Typicity is, 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 it's, a general term, but it's used very often in wine in speak. In wines, okay. Yeah. Like tiwar. 
Yeah, like terroir. That's more of a, a almost a wine only term. But right. typicity is used also in other areas. But typicity in wine, usually, you know, when somebody says, "Oh, that's very typical," it means it's very plain. In this case, you want your wine to exhibit the typical flavor of that area. So you want it to match where it comes from. And so when it exhibits that typicity, as in the case of Teal Lake Shiraz, it's fantastic. And then you have the Harkham. Oh, the Harkham wines are just wonderful. I have not had any yet. Um, I've not had Harkham. You know what? I think I'm going to have some Harkham wine for for my Seder. Or if not for my Seder, certainly for one of the meals. Okay, fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to. I want to go out to the winery out there. It's not. It's a little bit of a schlep from Sydney, but I would like to see. When Rabbi Goodnick was on the Australian edition of Table for Two, we, he spoke about it. And they said they were about to go and like in the next week or so go and pick the grapes and do the harvest run and everything. I'm like, oh, it sounded so amazing. It's interesting because 20 years ago, Australian wines weren't even a nah. blip on the radar. Nah. But today, it's they're, the biggest imported wine in America. They're, 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 they're um. You know, when I as a group, I do a lot of you know traveling, you know, like going on vacation. So yeah, I always check out the local supermarkets and looking for OU products, something different that we can buy, you know, in you know uh, Vermont over five towns, you know. And um, I always look at the wine selections, hoping they'll have some kosher wines. They will have a couple of bottles of Herzog wine, but I find that they have tons and tons. It happens to be not kosher Australian wines, yeah. tons of Australian wines. From the Hunter Valley mm. regions. I so if you want to get something that's typically Australian and that's typically what it should be, get Teal Lake Shiraz. Okay. So that, you, heard, you heard it here on Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. And our show is sponsored by Hot Golan, the height of taste. And you know why it's called the height of taste? Because it's from the Golan Heights. Oh, there you go. Hod Golan. Gotcha. So Golan is in the height of uh, Golan, Golan Heights, Heights in Israel. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, he's actually, um, Seth's got lots of products for us for Pesach. Seth is wonderful. Yeah. He's just, he's also a super guy, a sweet guy. Yeah, he's been, he's been wonderful and wonderful to our, and you know, I, I believe some of that, you know, like when you, when you eat your Bubby's challah, you know, there's a little bit of Bubby in there. So I think Seth puts a little bit of love in every single thing that comes every out of Every single hot dog. Abelis and Hyman. Yeah, yeah. And hot golan. And hot golan together. You know, we, I just want to take another minute to do another recipe Go for ahead. Pesach. Please. And I want to do this with a nice, gorgeous bottle of this Shiraz that it kind of tied it all together for me in my head while you were talking. Go for it. You know, I'm always thinking about food. So um, saute an onion and add in some pastrami, Okay. Um, but like a nice big piece, some of the chunks that you can buy, not so much the deli. If you want, you can do deli pastrami. But I thought nice big chunk of pastrami, saute that together, um, and then you can add a little bit of ketchup and a little bit of honey and a little bit of mayo and a little bit of hot sauce. So it makes like a nice, um, you know, um, not a paste, but a, you know, I don't even want to use the word concoction, but a nice mixture. Then I boil some red skin potatoes till they're fork tender with some salt and boiling water. should not take very long. I drain those potatoes. I'm going to take my hot potatoes and my hot pastrami mixture and toss them all together and have the most amazing pastrami potato salad. And I think that mixture, that potato salad with a pastrami mixture and a bottle of this Shiraz wine would go absolutely outstanding. You have a very long day on Erev, Erev say, Erev Yontif. Right before um, before first days or uh, before first night seder, and there's a long stretch before you know you finish lunch and you're starting the second seder. There's a big stretch of time now. We've got a good couple of hours. You need that 
almost a mini meal. You can have that mini meal, and this is family friendly. Not the wine though, but the pastrami with the potatoes. You've got a nice big potato salad to make. You can make an eraviontif, and you don't even have to use pastrami for eraviontif. You can use some of the um, the deli products that are available from um, Hodgalan. A very thinly sliced turkey or very thinly sliced uh, chicken um, that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago on the show. Very delicious. Sprinkle that in with the potatoes. You can even throw in some pickles if you like. That would be a nice addition to that. Would it would be, would it be I don't know um, wrong of me to suggest a couple of tablespoons yeah of the Shiraz into the pastrami yeah <gasps> I love into it. the pan yeah so we're all thinking about wine and food all the time definitely that would be and then fun. have it with your your potato salad yeah perfect De- delicious I think that's a really great air of second seder there you go meal like four o'clock five o'clock. And even six o'clock, right before you go to Mincha. You know, and you know what? It's going to be served cold? No, I would do it warm. warm. Fresh, warm, fresh. Okay. You could make it the day before. You could even heat it up. You could have it cold. But okay. I think I think um, warm potatoes and, and warm pastrami would be such a beautiful flavors together. Even uh, if you serve it cold because you'd made it the day before and you put it back in the fridge and you just got to take it out or whatever, um, Teal Lake Shiraz is one of those wines. It shouldn't be too cold, like white wine. Yeah. But you could serve it slightly chilled, like a Beaujolais, which is which is okay to serve slightly chilled. And that's because it's got a spiciness to it and a richness to it that will stand up to the chilling down, so it's, the flavors will still come out. You know what my favorite red wine is? Because one of the questions is, what does Naomi drink? So my favorite red, everybody knows I like the white wines and the orange muscat. We've spoken about ten times on this show. And then Duet by Jeunesse. And I like Milvasia. See, I'm saying that better now, too. <laughs> but I like... Very much the Zmora and Benjamina wines. Mm. And I looked for them at Kosher Food Show, at the Kosher Wine Show, and they didn't bring the Zmora with them. Mm. I was like ready to cry because I really love it. I buy it by, literally by the case. And it's about $7 a bottle. Yeah, it's not expensive. Excellent. It's a red wine that's sweet. Yeah. But not like sweet like Malaga or Rashid Asti or Batanura or any of those Moscatos that we're used to. It was, it's, it's delicious and I use it in all my cooking. I make a lot of roasts, and I always add a cup of red wine. And now this. Can, can I? I mean, to get off the wine subject for a minute, I always think that people overcook their roasts. <gasps> what? Uh, I know it's a crime. I actually won't cook a roast for any client that uh, cert- certain cuts of meat that they want overcooked that should be only be cooked underdone. I'm like, nah, I'm sorry. So what is the color of <laughs> when, you, when you slice, slice the center of your roast open? What color is it in the center? Pink. Pink, okay. I cook my roasts internally. I use a probe, and I've done cooking shows at AHE Appliances. We use cold food meats. Uh, they have they uh, sent us a piece of their grass-fed meats. Cold food is a grass-fed um, company that only has the healthiest of cows. They keep them in the conditions that they're supposed to be in. Um, they, they roam around. They have a good life, these cows. I know it sounds really funny, but... You're, and then we kill them. Uh, you're right. <laughs> it's being respectful to the animal, you know, in its lifetime. I okay. know it sounds... But, but it's, it, you know, it makes a big difference in taste. And, and they sent me this piece of meat um, from Cold Foods. And you can order it, coldfoods.com, for Pesach in time. For Pesach, you'll still get it. Spell it. K- K-O-L. I'm probably saying it fast. K-O-L-foods.com. I put a probe in it. Right. it. Cooks a little faster than regular. The same kind of meat with with grain fed cow. It's a, it cooks 
much faster because it has much less fat. But the meat itself, it's highlighting the flavor. We talk about marbling in meat because the meat itself doesn't have so much flavor because it's been grain fed. Right, so you need with with that grass fed, you don't need that marbling of the meat because the actual meat, we don't need to cover up anything, you know, or add right. anything. It's actual meat taste. So what's the fantastic. temperature on the inside? One thirty-five, and I stick in a probe, and my oven actually I have a probe setting on my oven. So one end goes into the probe of the meat. The probe goes into the meat. The other end of the probe goes into my oven wall. Wow. It's a little hole. Um, if you want to watch it, it's, um, it was actually on my website um, or the Nachum Siegel Net web uh, from the uh, YouTube. You can watch the AHC show and you can actually watch me doing it. So now what if you cook that before Shabbos or Yontif, right? And then you want to serve it hot. Okay, so 135, you put it in the oven and you babysit it. I'm sorry, there's no other way to do it. No other way to do it. <laughs> or, you know, because you don't want it to be too rare where it's raw. You right. probably could do it to 130 and then cook it five degrees more. But I, I love, my daughter Eliana, bless her, she gets so stressed when I like candles. I, right before I like candles, I put my perfectly cooked roast, nice gorgeous pink center in the oven. The whole time when my husband's at Mariv, Kabbalat Shabbat, she's stressing out that the meats are going to overcook on my <laughs> oven. And I, I have my oven on 200 degrees. the same degrees. one that likes, uh, uh, goat cheese. Uh, no, no, that was the six year old <laughs> that liked the goat cheese. But the whole family appreciates rare meat. Brisket. Needs three hours. Brick roast needs three hours. No problem cooking it for three or four hours. But but a, a roast, a, a standing rib roast, bone in, cooked to the perfection. I made a few for my customers, and I packed them up the bones as well. You'd think I would throw out the bones and just give them the slice of meat. You pack in those bones, and then you eat the bones. You suck on the bones and mm. the sauce. It's, you know, delicious. You know, I'm all, I'm all about cooking the, you know, you have food at the right temperatures and wine at the right temperatures. So... Okay, so let's move on to maybe some dessert wines. We've, we've covered the gamut. We've done all kinds of wines here today. We've done uh, Seder wines, liqueurs, uh, table wines, and now let's move into the dessert wines for the end of the Seder or for the end of a fabulous meal. It's nice to finish up round the, round the afternoon off. You've had some wonderful friends and family over. What would their parting glass of wine be? I just found out uh, one more for the road. I just found out last week we got in for the first time the Shiloh Fort, which is they call it Fort, but really what he's trying to tell you is that it's a port. You can't call it port in America. Why? Because port says that it comes from Portugal. But oh, it doesn't port, come from Portugal. Portugal. Oh. Right. Oh, okay. Had- so the law is if you have a wine that's rich in red, you can't call it port unless it comes from Portugal. Oh, like champagne can only come from champagne. Exactly, France. exactly. Oh, cool. Unless, and this is even more confusing, unless it's made here in the United States, because the United States doesn't agree with that, has not signed on to uh, that treaty. Uh, but Israel has, and so Israel can't call it port, and so he calls it fort instead, F-O-R-T. And it's a really great port-style red wine that is mevushal. It's mevushal. So you could really enjoy that no matter who you have at your table. And everybody can enjoy it. It's a really rich, thick. So if you're having chocolate dessert or something like blackberried, um, overripe, darker fruit dessert type of, or cream cake or, you know, with chocolate and, and whatever, those, those are, those are perfect is that for the fort. Short yes, bottle? It, yes, it is. Yeah, I Very good. We bought it once to when we did one of our shows, this short little bottle. It was like a sweet, heavy. Right. And it's, and not it's also like about sweet. 20% alcohol. 
Right, it was very high. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like anything like a cream and lago when I say sweet and heavy. Do not confuse that. Yeah, at all. no, no, it's it's quite delicious. And and then from France, that's Israel. There's also a, a port style which is not Mavushal, it comes from Psagot. P-S-A-G-O-T, really great bottle of wine. And then you have a, a really great sauterne that comes from Sauterne, it comes from France. And it's a magnificent wine made out of Sauvignon Blanc, but late harvest Sauvignon Blanc. It's a golden orangish, uh, liquid. It's called Piada Sauterne. P-I-A-D-A. Piada Sauterne. So luscious, so delicious. And it's made, uh, from grapes that have been affected by, uh, Botrytis cinerea, which is a, a mold, actually, that grows on the grape skins, but it makes the wine so, so relish, delicious and Ugh, luscious. So there's that. And then, of course, you have all the late harvest wines from Herzog. Great wines, great dessert wines there. And those people who just want to have some fun and don't want to spend a lot of money, the Moscatos. All the Moscatos are, are, you know, Bar- Bartonora Moscato. Uh, you even have a Carmel, Moscato di Carmel. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of others. Moscato uh, Aussie, de Aussie. Moscato, Moscato de Aussie. Aussie we can't spelled, forget that. It's spelled A-U-S-S-R-E, like the Aussie Gourmet. Right, there you go. One final question, because we only got a couple of minutes left. Um, I live in New Mexico and can't get some of the better Herzog wines. That's a cute question, right? Wow. What should I do? New Mexico. Gee, you're getting questions from everywhere, aren't I know, you? right? And listeners from everywhere, I know, apparently. it's very exciting. It really is Cleveland's fun. and New Mexico and... Do they listen in California, too? I'm sure they do. Okay. There's, there's really wonderful retailers... Uh, in New York, in New Jersey, and elsewhere around the country, um, where that, that do sell wine on the, you know, that you can buy wine over the internet through. Um, I can't mention any names because, of course, if I mention one, I'll get into trouble. Yeah. So, uh, but they're really great ones in New York, New Jersey, and elsewhere around the country. Are there websites? You know, if someone lives in New Mexico, if you're a listener that does not live, have a kosher wine store, can they order online? Absolutely. What you should do is just Google if you wrote down some of these notes and took some of these notes on Shiloh Fort or Sagot, uh, you know, uh, Port Wine or a Piata Sauterne and you wrote it down, just put that in kosher Piata Sauterne and you'll see a whole bunch of places that will sell it to you uh, from around the and, country and, ship, and it ship it to you if it's legal to ship into New Mexico, which I believe it is, up to a certain amount. I, f- for example, Florida, I don't think it is, and Boston, I don't think it is, but you, you know, can't certain ship places. State to state on some things. In some places, yeah. But so if your state is legal, I think yeah, they'll ship it to you from you know from where they are. Okay, very nice. Thank you, Jay, for joining me. Uh, I know it was a where a lot of scheduling had to be organized. Oh my and goodness, yeah. Eric Pesach, you know, we're out there working. Yeah, yeah. Especially this is is the season for you. It's a season for me, and we're we're really enjoying everything about trying to enjoy everything um, about Pesach. As you know, Susie Fishbein said to us on our show last week, you have to be a mansion. You have to enjoy yourself and just enjoy your time with your family, no matter where you are or what you're cooking. Or what you're drinking. Um, so, uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Hod Golan and Abels and Hyman, the height of taste. I just want to wish everybody uh, a great weekend, a Shabbat Shalom, happy cooking, and tune in next week for more Pesach Talk. Shabbat Shalom. Great to see you, Naomi. Bye. Take care. Thank you.